1: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. I hope you had a good long weekend, I did, and here we go. I'm still obsessed with the speech that the President of the United States gave last Thursday, without question, the ugliest speech ever given by a President of the United States. He is the living opposite of Abraham Lincoln. On a scale of decency to indecency, they are 180 degrees apart. Abraham Lincoln spoke, and this was after hundreds of thousands of Union soldiers were, were killed in the fight against the South, secession, and slavery. Hm, the three S's. The South, secession, and slavery. With malice towards none and charity for all. This president is the opposite, with malice towards many, and charity to my allies. Malice towards those who oppose me, and charity to those who support me." Very difficult to overstate how awful that speech was. MAGA Republicans, list of things that he accused the MAGA Republicans of, all of which were lies, which is part of the fascination of the whole thing. Let me give you a rundown. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. They do not believe in the rule of law, they do not recognize the will of the people. They're working right now as I speak in state after state to give power to decide elections in America to partisans and cronies to undermine democracy itself. They promote authoritarian leaders. They fan the flames of political violence that are a threat to our personal rights, to the pursuit of justice, to the rule of law, to the very soul of the country. They tried everything last time to nullify the votes of 81 million people. This time they're determined to succeed in thwarting the will of the people. They embrace anger. They thrive on chaos. They live not in the light of truth but in the shadow of lies. MAGA Republicans look at America and see carnage and darkness and despair. They spread fear and lies, lies told for profit and power. When you uh, actually list the thing, what was it, a 10-minute speech? 20. 20-minute 20 speech? I think so. Hmm. Is there any, any parallel to that in, in American history? Hmm. Of a president speaking about, what, what, how many voted for Donald Trump? 74 million. 74 million. 74 million. I'm a MAGA Republican. What does that mean? means I supported President Trump when he was president because he was a great president because I care about America more than I care about hating Trump. The narcissism of the never Trumpers is very, very depressing because a lot of these people I expected better from. I can't stand Trump, therefore screw America. That is what it amounts to. Some of them proudly said, formerly Republicans and formerly conservative. They voted for Joe Biden. Wow. That is really something. Who are... are, You understand, what is a MAGA Republican? It is is a Republican who voted for, for Trump. That's what a MAGA Republican is. You voted for Trump, but you, you didn't believe in making America great again? You, you, thought, you thought the statement was a, was a fascist statement? Well, I don't quite, quite get it. Who, what's the difference between a Republican who voted for Donald Trump and a MAGA Republican? Can you think of a, a difference? No. Okay. I was just wondering. So I'm sitting in this room with a MAGA Republican. Yeah, I'm afraid so. There are two of us. Let me think here. We embrace anger. We thrive on chaos. We live in the shadow of lies. Everything here is exactly what the left does. In fact, I have defined them as chaos in the arts, in the sciences, in education. In in every realm, it is chaos. Remember when I spoke to you folks years ago, not many, maybe within the last five, of, of an exhibit covered by the New York Times, seriously covered of giant sculpted poop at a Netherlands museum, turds they were called it was a a giant turd exhibit I, I, I could think of nothing that better represented the left in the arts than an exhibit of poop or the famous piss Christ, right, with a crucifix in the author's urine courageous guy think he would do that with the Quran or, of, or an image of Muhammad? Of course not, because he has nothing to fear from Christians. The left fights the people whom they have no fear of, Christians and conservatives. They're not going to be hurt by us. Well, MAGA Republicans look at America and see carnage and darkness and despair. Well, we do see carnage, darkness, and despair. I will agree to that. That was accurate, at least for me. I don't despair. I broadcast many programs against despair, saying it was a sin against God to despair. But indeed, this carnage and darkness, all brought about by the left, its acceptance of the violence of 2020, its celebration of the violence of 2020, It's non-prosecution of the people who engaged in the violence of 2020, $2 billion of property damage, the complete undermining of parts of the inner cities and, no, excuse me, the parts of the the major parts of capital cities and largest cities, Washington and Oregon. and, uh, And, let's see, where else did they have the great riots? Washington and Oregon come to mind with the takeover of the property. Did we have them here in California yeah, too? Sure. Every
2: major city.
1: Every major city. Yeah, Baltimore. Philadelphia.
2: Philadelphia,
1: mm-hmm. Baltimore. Baltimore. and the continuing carnage. See, it's an interesting thing. I guess Joe Biden doesn't see carnage. Is it, he, may, I, I'll bet he is oblivious to the amount of violent crime and it's and its ascension and under his regime, and regime is what I use for the first time in my life with regard to an American administration. Well, MAGA Republicans, our misfortune, Biden is not a Nazi, the Democrats are not Nazis, but the isolation of a, of a segment of the population as the misfortune of a country has a very dark pedigree. People should be aware that these things can lead to very bad results. When a leader of a country tells the people of the country there's a segment of the country that is its misfortune. Not segment, I mean, that's that's... It's not quite the word for half the country, the demonization. One might say, well, don't you feel this way about the left? And the answer is yes, I do. No, but I, dis- I distinguish them. They're a small minority compared to the, compared to liberals. That's true. But I, if I gave a speech. If I were president and I gave a speech, I would say, I I would list what the left is doing. This is not a list. This is just a bunch of of charges. In this, during this program, I will tell you what they are doing to medical schools. The, the, The oaths that they are having medical students take. There's going to be a real rift between medicine and the American public. First, again, thanks to the left. Did you ever think of your doctor as a sheep, as, a, as complicit in, in the devolution of the country? Of course not. Of course not. Who doesn't have positive feelings towards his or her doctor? This, this will uh, rapidly uh, die. Dennis Prager here to share a product that can help keep everyone more healthy, Cofix Rx. Most of us know that viruses of all types are a part of life. What we don't always know are the right products that could be protecting us. So I'd like to tell you about Cofix Rx and its doctor-approved secret ingredient. As a safety measure, many doctors and nurses have been using iodine to swab their noses for decades. Iodine has been in use since 1811, and 96% of us are iodine-deficient. Using Cofix RX antiviral nasal spray with povidone iodine is a smart way to stay healthy. Cofix RX is made right here in the USA. It's simple to use. You spray it up your nose, and the iodine destroys germs and pathogens where they multiply in the nasal cavity. Check out cofixrx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com for a retailer near you or use the coupon code PRAGER for 20% off at cofixrx.com. Hi. Hi, all Dennis Prager with you. A graduate of the University of Minnesota Sent uh, me a transcript of an oath that incoming doctors. Correct. uh, This is the incoming medical school students. It's called called the white white white
0: white lab coat ceremony.
1: White lab coat ceremony. Every medical school has it. Every really every medical school has it for the incoming class of the medical school. I'm shocked that they allow white coats, I, I, I'm not joking, I truly expected it to be changed to pink cool. coats, not to black coats, because I think they, they, they feel that would be going too far. I mean, all the people in black are, are, are the doctors and the uh, and attending physicians, so they, they would do pink because that, that's more a color of LGBTQ activism. But anyway, they're they're still having white lab coats, fine. So at the University of Minnesota, one of the scummiest institutions in America, but remember the list of scummy institutions. By scummy I mean people that are deliberately ruining the lives of young people, deliberately ruining college students, thinking, hearts, souls, minds, A, a loathing of truth. And just about anything awful the University of Minnesota embodies because it's run by that tepid word, the woke. So here is what the next generation of doctors was, was told to say publicly. This oath, the incoming class at the University of Minnesota Medical School.
0: In twin cities.
1: Twin Cities. Okay. The students of the University of Minnesota Twin Cities Medical School Class of 2026. With gratitude, we stand here today among our friends, families, peers, mentors and communities who have supported us in reaching this milestone. Our institution is located on Dakota land. Today many indigenous people from throughout the state including Dakota and Ojibwe, call the Twin Cities home. We also recognize this acknowledgement is not enough. We commit to uprooting the legacy and perpetuation of structural violence deeply embedded within the healthcare system. Future doctors. Future doctors. Now let me try to understand that. There is again, structural violence deeply embedded within the healthcare system. When, when these sheep read this, do they know what they're talking about? Yeah, you're, you're shaking your head. They wrote it. I don't think Who's, they, Who wrote it? The, the students wrote their The own students life. wrote this? Yeah. Well, it was under their mentors that they wrote it. I mean, well, if they wrote it, it's even scarier. I, Structural violence deeply embedded within the health care system. Well, that's true. They cut people up. Maybe, maybe they're referring to that. We recognize inequities built by past and present traumas rooted in white supremacy, colonialism, the gender binary, ableism, and all forms of oppression. They came out against the gender binary system. These are your future doctors announcing at the outset of their medical school experience that they reject that there are two sexes in the human species. I've spent much of my life telling people not to be scared, but I've got to admit this is scary. These crackpots are the future doctors? So they're crackpots. They're brainwashed sheep. The gender binary. Ooh. Ableism. What does ableism mean? Discrimination in favor of the able? Like in sports, the sports suffer from ableism. Give me an example of ableism. If I were paralyzed in an accident but could still speak like Charles Krauthammer was paralyzed, did he suffer the effects of ableism? Charles Krauthammer paralyzed most of his body? I would like an example of ableism. Can anybody here give me an example? Sean, can you give me an example? ableism I'm, I'm getting silence which is in this case a good sign okay so they're against ableism the gender binary colonialism Ooh. I see and where is that taking place white supremacy and all forms of oppression as we enter this profession with opportunity for growth we commit to promoting a culture of anti-racism listening and amplifying voices for positive change wow. change oh it's on the video right now on, on my screen right we're showing this this the white lab conference that's one of the the deans right speaking huh yeah I know I saw that part you can watch the show at the Salem news News channel Channel. what else are they taking an oath to Uh, let's see promoting a culture of anti-racism and amplifying voices for positive change change yes of course we pledge to honor all indigenous ways of healing that have been historically marginalized by western medicine what does that mean to honor all indigenous ways of healing do native americans avoid western medicine indigenous ways of healing hmm what does it mean to honor that? Will they will they use it? So let me understand. Hydroxychloroquine is banned, but indigenous ways of healing will be honored. The profession of medicine is having done to it what the left has done to everything else. History repeats itself, and we're seeing that play out with inflation. When Jimmy Carter took office in the late 70s, gold sold for $140 an ounce. By 1980, the price of gold topped out at $870 an ounce. If today's market performs like it did when Carter was in office, the price of gold could skyrocket from $1,800 an ounce to $9,300 an ounce. This is Dennis Prager for Amphed Coin and Bullion. Don't miss out on a great opportunity to purchase precious metals while the prices are still stable. If history repeats itself, we'll see a run on gold, silver, and platinum that will certainly drive up prices. Be smart and buy now, as I am. At AmFed, you're dealing with specialists who provide you with personalized attention, honest information, and sound advice. You'll never be pressured into buying outrageously priced so-called collectible coins or anything that you don't need. Take advantage of today's prices. AmFed, Coin, and Bullion. 800-221-7694. AmericanFederal.com. AmericanFederal.com. Hi, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager reading to you the latest example of the truism of life, everything the left touches it destroys, now it is American medicine. They stand up like sheep, the next incoming class at the University of Minnesota Twin Cities Medical School, and recite this despicable oath that that they will fight the the non- They will fight the binary nature, among other things. The teaching that there are two sexes. Wow. The human species is not divided between male and female. All other species are, but not the human. Interesting, no? Are there non-binary dogs or cats? Hmm. But there are non-binary humans, and indeed the entire species of humanity is non-binary. More from what they stood up to say. We vow to embrace our role as community members and strive to embody cultural humility. So you can no longer say, I presume that Western civilization has been better than other civilizations. I'm sure that that's, isn't that what it means? Yeah. Yeah. This is part of the radical egalitarianism of our time. Everything and everyone is equal. Nothing is better than anything else. Remember, I've been bringing this to you all of my career. How long ago did I bring to you the New York Times classical music, chief classical music critic, Anthony Tomasini? Beethoven's music is no superior to anything else. And he gave the example of Indonesian gamelan music. I deeply respect the music of every culture. In fact, I enjoy most of them. But in fact, all over the world, they play Beethoven, not Gamelan music. Gamelan music is deeply meaningful to Indonesians, as it should be. Jewish music is very meaningful to me, but uh, they're they're not playing it all over the world. They're playing Beethoven. cultural humility. The joke is this is such an arrogant oath and they're talking about cultural humility. We promise to continue restoring trust in the medical system. What do you mean restoring? You're the ones who are ruining it. Who didn't trust the medical system prior to COVID? Maybe we shouldn't have, but we did. I did. Now I don't. When tens of thousands of, of people in the medical field announce that despite the fact of their radical insistence on distancing and masks, it is they came out for the anti-racism demonstrations of 2020, there was a health benefit to the country because racism is more dangerous than COVID. When, when you have... 10,000 or more, whatever the number was. Can you look up the number? I want to be precise. The number who came out with that declaration in 2020. Saying that, you're not going to have confidence in the medical system. We promised, yes, to continue restoring trust in the medical system and fulfilling our responsibility as educators and advocates. We cannot... Excuse me, we commit to collaborating with social, political, and additional systems to advance health equity. We will learn from the scientific innovations made before us and pledge to advance and share this knowledge with peers and neighbors. We recognize the importance of being in community and advocating for those we serve. You understand what that means? We we recognize the importance of being in community. Okay, I see. With those we serve, so they will live in the community of those they serve. What does that mean? So, if your hospital is in in the inner city, you'll live in the inner city. I mean. My is having their biggest sheet sale of the year. You all have helped build my pillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now Mike Lindell, inventor and CEO, wants to give back exclusively to his listeners. The Percale and Giza Dream bed sheet sets are available in a variety of colors and sizes, and they're all on sale for as low as twenty nine ninety eight with our listener promo code. Order now because when they're gone they're gone. The Percale and Giza dream sheets are breathable and have a cool crisp feel. They come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money back guarantee. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 800-761-6302. Use the promo code PRAGER or go to mypillow.com, click on the radio listener square and use the promo code Prager. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. I hope you had a good Labor Day weekend. In advance, you think these vacation weekends, wow, three-day weekend, and then it's over (laughs) so rapidly. (laughs) Uh, Such is life. Indeed, such is life. Rapidly is the word. I, do we, do, well, let me, let me, there are so many things I want to play for you. Do we have the little non-binary girl? Yeah. Does that, does Sean have that? No, 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 the the question is not do I have it. Does Sean have it? Okay, fine. Why are you pointing it there? I'm I'm confused. If it's on the sheet, he has it. I see. Okay, great. There was an answer to my question. So I'd like you to hear this. This is uh, another children's hospital that has uh, succumbed to ruining children. I can't tell you how amazing it is for me to say this. If one were to isolate an institution that one thought would do only good to attack children's hospitals you, it's almost a joke you're attacking children's hospitals what what then what's left which is by the way a very fair question what's left is whatever the left has not yet touched played for you Boston Children's Hospitals video advocating I mean, saying, not advocating, just saying outright that almost from birth children know they're the other sex or they're not, not any sex. This is a Boston Children's Hospital video. Did they take it down, by the way? Yeah. They did take it down? Yeah. Can we still play it? Yeah. we 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 have saved it? Yeah. Well, bless our souls. And now here's another one this is a video put up it's hard for me to believe but I saw the video Lurie Children's Hospital of Chicago puts out a video promoting a woman who facilitated her adopted child's transition to non-binary so it's the woman who's adopted this little girl and there is a video of the Mother, the adoptive mother with the girl. She's been adopted by two women. Is that correct? I
0: believe so. I think uh, it comes out in the
1: uh, that I didn't. I didn't catch that part. Anyway, it's it's not particularly relevant uh, to to the issue. So again, there's this girl that doesn't give her age. It she sounds about six, and. She's with her adoptive mom, discussing the fact that she's non-binary. Before three years ago, was there a child in America, one, who said, I'm non-binary. The damage that the left does is so rapid, thanks to the President of the United States, a big supporter of the non-binary movement, the man is is the, to say he's the most destructive president in history yeah, is, is, is such an understatement that it's, I feel silly even saying it. I'm still reeling from his hate-filled demagogic speech of last Thursday. It was pure hate for half this country. And the media loved it. According to Charles Blow of the New York Times, it, it wasn't even... Harsh enough, because he excluded some Republicans. Not all Republicans, only MAGA Republicans. Okay. Now, here is the video, put out by Lurie Children's Hospital.
3: All right. So, you want to talk about gender today? Yes. So, what do, what do you? What is gender to you? Hmm.
1: What happened guys?
3: Like my birth parents all right, said
1: wait, wait, that wait, wait, wait. I was a I got girl. lost. So forgive me. No, but just the title of the video came up. That's all. Their title. This is their oh, title. so let me explain that to people. I didn't know it was up there. Start again. This is the the adoptive mom talking to to the adopted daughter. Okay, it's on the screen. Okay, start it again, Sean, please.
3: All right, so you want to talk about gender today? Yes. So what do, what do you what is gender to you? Hmm.
1: So Okay, there's a camera in the way there. Never like my birth parents okay. said
3: that I was a girl, but they made a mistake. Yeah, us too. Yeah, right.
1: All right, so wait, 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 wait. What was we... that? My, my my birth mother said I was a girl, but she made a mistake. Is that correct? Yes, and us too. Us too. Made a mistake. We also made a mistake. Yeah. We who adopted you. Yes. Okay.
3: We assumed that you were a girl, but then when did you set us straight? Well, I was at least like five or six but it started before that you kept sending us signals right you'd say sometimes i want to be a boy yeah sometimes i want to be a girl something just doesn't seem right here well i wasn't a girl or a boy ah so what are you non-binary right and how do you feel about being non-binary good your mom and i have tried our best to support you and make that like a something that's celebrated in our household have you ever spoken to your class about your gender? Yeah. What did you tell them? I told them my pronouns Uh and also my name. And why are your pronouns important to you? Well. like It'd be like if I just was like, I can't remember your name. I'm just going to call you Susie. Wait, what? (laughs) Yeah, that wouldn't be so cool, would it? Well, if you ever forget someone's name, you can ask them. Yeah, if you forgot their name, you can ask them. Or if you don't know somebody's pronouns, you can ask them, right? So asking is very important. Yeah. It represents you, right? Yeah. Like how did it feel to like be able to share your story? It like, felt like really, really, really good. It felt really good.
1: And then at the end the logo of the children Lurie Children's Hospital of Chicago. That's what, no chill No, yeah, Ann and Robert H. Lurie Children's Hospital of Chicago. The Patuxnac Family Division of Adolescent and Young Adult Medicine. LurryChrens dot org slash never fear talks. If you're in Chicago, you should tell them you don't want to bring your child there. They're sick. The people at Lurie Children's Hospital are sick. If this is not sick, the, the term is not usable. Is meaningless. They made a mistake when they said you were a girl. How's that? And we did too. Well, she said when I was five or six, so she must be seven or eight. Fine. So she's seven or eight. She has preferred pronouns at the age of seven or eight. My uh, my suspicion is that this... This mother talking to her girl here went to college. You, you learn in college. You, you can't. If you don't go to college, the chances of your speaking like this are minimal. If you don't go to college, you actually think the human species is divided between male and female. Go to college, you're indoctrinated otherwise. Sean, do you have the the Young Turks attack on me? Is that, uh, is that video up? Is that ready? We have it shortly. You'll have it shortly. So I wrote a column last week on the fact that women are disproportionately ruining the society. Ninety-two percent of kindergarten teachers are female. 75% of all teachers are female and 85% of librarians are female unless you think they're doing good work with, your, with kids then women are disproportionately hurting the society, especially in the pre- premature sexualization of children. Let's talk to you about your sex or your gender. They're learning too much grammar and English and history and science and math and music and art. So we'll cut back on that nonsense to teach you about drag queens. So she's not a girl and not She's a not a girl and not a boy, that is correct. Would and this is put out by a children's hospital in Chicago. Back in a moment. The Dennis Prager Show. Wow, these children's hospitals. Whoa, the speed. The speed with which the left ruins things is is one of its most remarkable achievements. And then we are... We who have reason on our side... And it is the reasonable position that the human species is two sexes. We are caught flat footed. What happened? How did this happen? A children's hospital puts out a video of a seven or eight year old girl. Puts out the video. Do you understand? They're advocates. And, and I played for you, I didn't play for you, I read for you last hour, the pledge that the incoming medical school class at the University of Minnesota Twin Cities Medical School took is completely woke oath. The doctors of the next generation will be left-wing advocates, maybe even more than they will be preoccupied with medicine. It's time-consuming to be a leftist. You're fighting battles. Oh, man. 1-8 Prager 776. wonder if any of you in Chicago are familiar with that hospital. Well, Alan is in Chicago. Hello, Alan. Dennis Prager. Dennis, great yeah. to talk to you. Thank you.
2: Uh, that hospital is incredibly highly regarded. It's a fantastic children's hospital here in Chicago, from what from what I've heard.
1: Um, it's it's probably true, count- by the way. It is probably true. So look at what's yeah, happened I, I, overnight.
2: Yeah, I, I was just telling your screener that the one word I heard that you played that the mom said is how they celebrate and celebrated when the daughter or the the child, you know, decided uh, what the parents wanted for the child. It just shows you how the parents literally push their values on these young children, and they celebrate. So, would they not celebrate if the child decided to stay whatever the gender the child was born?
1: They would claim they, would claim they would, so long as the child makes the decision. What, in what areas of life do we have seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds make, make life-changing decisions? Why don't we let them vote? If they could decide what sex they are at six, why can't they decide who should be senator?
2: <laughs> Dennis, I, I, I'm i not sure if I heard it on your show, but I heard you just stated earlier how everything the left touches, they destroy.
1: Right. My goodness.
2: A, no, a, a truer statement I have not heard.
1: Well, that's the most important thing. One, ne- If one needs to know one thing about the contemporary West, it is that. Everything the left touches, it ruins. I have a, 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 I have a video on that at PragerU. I have an, a column on it which lists 20 different arenas, one column. And I, I could write a second column because I didn't, I didn't mention every arena. I'm not sure I mentioned medicine. But it's going on in medicine? It is so tragic. I completely believe him when he says that this hospital has a great reputation. So you would think that there would be doctors at the hospital who would fight back. So the lesson is clear that courage is as rare among doctors as it is among any other profession. Why would one expect doctors to be better human beings? They're not. I say this with great sadness, needless to say. Doctors have saved my life. Great uh, great gratitude to the doctors of my life. Why don't the other doctors at Lurie Children's Hospital speak out? It's none of our business to send out something celebrating... A seven-year-old staying saying she's non-binary. That is not our business at Lurie to do that. I would pay anything to have a a secret ballot among the doctors of Lurie Children's Hospital in Chicago. A. Do you think we should put this video out? B. Do you believe that this child is non-binary? The society has created these non-binary children. Nature hasn't. That's what is obvious here. Everybody's afraid of the left. They will do all but kill you. They will kill your name. They will kill your ability to make a living. Your reputation. That's what they will do. Are we getting that professor on who was kicked out of Princeton? Are we trying? Are we working on that? I mean, that, that's quite a story. One of the most celebrated professors at Princeton. Well, what about the, uh, the University of Pennsylvania Medical School? we we'll talk about that and the doctor there who started, starts, started a medical organization because he's retired, so they can't hurt him. The question is, what animates people on the left to ruin everything they touch? That's a very, very, very hard question to answer. You don't think there's something sick about this... This, this video. You had to learn that this is normal. That it's not the human instinct to think that way. 1 8 Prager 776 877 243 Hey, everybody. It's the Ultimate Issues Hour, the third hour of The Dennis Prager Show every Tuesday for about 15 years now, has been devoted to the great issues of life, exactly what are ignored in our educational process except in religious schools. One of the biggest difference between a religious education, which I had, and a secular education, it was not true a hundred years ago, but it has been true for the last hundred years, is the religious education deals with big issues as well as the regular stuff, math and so on. And the secular education doesn't deal with the big issues. So this is the hour to fill the the gap in people's lives with regard to the greatest issues of life. Okay. Okay. I have a guest. I don't usually have guests on the Ultimate Issues Hour and very rarely in studio, but I do. Second time. How many times have you been on?
4: This is my second time. It
1: is your second time. Dr. Mark McDonald, he is a psychiatrist, an MD. It's redundant, but most people don't know. Psychiatrists have MDs, psychologists have perhaps a PhD or whatever they have, and it's just for your knowledge. That's why... uh, Psychiatrists can prescribe psychiatric drugs, but psychologists cannot, because they're M.D.s. So, Doctor McDonald has written another important book. He's a psychiatrist again. Freedom from Fear: A Twelve-Step Guide to Personal and National Recovery. It's short and sweet, my friends, and it is up at dennisprager.com. Freedom from Fear. I'm telling you I know you already from the last time an hour won't be enough I have so much to bounce off you so let me start with this I have been thinking about this more than any other subject in the last couple just the last year or two and I, I've come to a tentative conclusion that n- nature is so powerful, when people who, to go to the biggest example of good and evil, people who risk their lives to hide Jews in the Holocaust, I've studied them a lot and they were always asked why did you do it? And most of them said I couldn't not do it. And so you wonder, if you're not born with a courageous nature? Or do you even accept that, Dr. McDonald? Is there such a thing as being born with a a courageous nature? I assume we acknowledge the default is cowardice.
4: So react to all the things I just threw at you. I do agree with you. I do believe that there's a nature of courage or a nature of cowardice. What I think has changed recently, and I say this from a clinical, psychiatric perspective as well as the perspective of a social observer. I observe culture. I observe it in LA. I observe it out of state. I observe it out of country. I just spent six weeks in the former Yugoslavia, five of the seven republics, and I compare and contrast and I look at differences. And what I was most struck about or struck by in my travels is the difference between the American society, which is I would say, a softer and has been softened society in the last 10 or 20 years, and societies that are still living in an acute stage of reality. We have been completely transformed in this country, particularly younger people, because of social media and phones and the reflexive urge to stay indoors in the last three years after being ordered to. And it has, I believe, driven out a lot of the courage that I used to see when I was growing up and that we would have seen just five or six years ago. I think that's a significant change. So I agree with the nature point, but I also think that the environment, when you're pounded down by it over and over and over again, like a meat tenderizer, it can just bleed the courage out of a person.
1: Yeah, well, I, I couldn't agree more. I, this I've said for many years in the nature versus nurture debate. I said here is my conclusion: one hundred percent nature and one hundred percent nurture. <laughs> so, I, 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 let me let me actually develop your point, or you have you develop your point there. Why has being indoors?
4: And why have social media weakened people? I think there's two points here. One is the objective, and I believe there is an objective. I don't think it's just money. I think it's control. I think it's compliance, and I think it's the inducement of fear. Because fear, even now, perhaps more now than it was three years ago, is like a lubricant for this machine of control and compliance. And you know this, a student of history, China, Soviet Union, all of the dictatorships have used fear, coercion, and intimidation as a way to control the population. So I think there's an objective behind media's attempt, and very successful, to keep people inside, on their phones, on their computers, where the information can be very, very well regulated and away from outdoors, social environments, and other people that they can speak to face to face. And the reason for that is that when you are outdoors and you're speaking to people, you are in contact with objective reality, with other people's true thoughts, true feelings, and the actual environment. You don't see bodies lying in the streets if you actually go to the streets. But if you listen to the news, you would imagine that there are bodies in the streets. This is you know, from a couple of years ago, when we're all told to stay home. So. When you're indoors, you're away from people, and you're being controlled, certainly by fear and certainly by propaganda, that makes it much, much harder for you to express courage, to critique, and to challenge. And that's exactly what a controlling government wants to do. And I believe we have a very, very controlling government right now. So I'm extrapolating from that that
1: that might be part of the encouragement of people to stay home and not go
4: to work, not work at work, work at home. I agree. Because when you go to work, then you start asking questions. You go to the water cooler. You meet people in the parking garage. You go out for a walk. You get coffee, and you say, you know, I don't understand this. I mean, we've been doing all this stuff for months and months, and nothing's really changed. What do you think? You know, I was wondering the same thing. And then you start to have a conversation. You start to develop a dissident clique dissident clicks are not allowed right now in this country. Any, any opposing opinion is dangerous and is crushed. It is censored. It is canceled. It is investigated. So if you can keep people at work and at home, you control who they talk to. You control where they go. They are like physically caged animals that are being given all of these little inducements, these dopamine rushes, whether it's a click, whether it's a watermelon a plus uh, a happy face on the phone for children or if it's adults you can go to zoom happy hour now so you don't even have to go to the bar you just have the zoom happy hour and you make sure that the boss controls who goes in and who goes out it can be monitored it can be recorded people can be caught saying the wrong thing so they're always a little bit careful about what they say and do because it's actually electronic it's not a walk in the park i think there's a lot of of Reason besides efficiency, besides saving time and money to keep people home and not keep them in the office. It's an excellent point that I had not thought of. Staying
1: home. So I, I raised a question last hour and I don't have an answer to. Nobody has an answer because you don't know the future, but we can have educated guesses. Do you think that the first lockdown, which we just experienced of, of nearly two years, schools shut certainly two years in most cases, do you think that this will make it easier to do that again or more people
4: will dissent? At the outset, I would have said the former. I would have said that it would be actually More difficult to reinstate this lockdown having gone through it and having suffered the tremendous harm, damage, injury. I I hate to say this because I I want to. All right, tell us what you hate to say
1: when we come back. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's such a, a pregnant pause. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Dennis Prager, the book Freedom from Fear by Dr. McDonald. is up at DennisPrager.com.
0: The Dennis Prager Show.
1: This is the Ultimate Issues Hour, third hour every Tuesday, and my I, my guest, I rarely have guests on the Ultimate Issues Hour, so it gives you an idea of how much I respect this man, Dr. Mark McDonald. He's a psychiatrist in practice in West LA, is that correct? In that West correct. Los Angeles. And his his latest book, The second one, Freedom from Fear. Everybody should read it. It's as simple as that. A 12-step guide to personal and national recovery. So you were about to give me the bad news on a question that I posed to you at the end
4: of last segment. The bad news is that I have changed my position in the last three years. And the change of my position regarding whether or not the overreach of government, the mistreatment of its citizens, the intentional harm, and I believe it has been intentional, done to children and adults and even the elderly would embolden and strengthen and, like a test of, uh, of metal under fire, cause people to resist the next wave of coercive tactics and of overreach. Now I don't believe that anymore. I have come to believe that most people, humanity as opposed to individual humans, and you make that distinction a lot on your show, humanity has been so softened now and so opposed to taking risks, to expressing courage, that they will very likely fall to the next wave of government overreach, of lockdown, of shutdown. And I've already seen it happen twice. We saw it with the Ukraine crisis, and we're now seeing it with the eco-crisis, the electricity shutdowns, the threat to take away all vehicles that uh, use gasoline power in 10 years. There's no outcry. Parents, mothers, today, are facing in many cities and districts the same rules that they faced two years ago and one year ago, down to age one, two, and three years of having their children go to school with masks on in certain parts of the country, including New York. Where's the outrage? One or two people are picketing. Everyone else is just saying, well, that's just the price of public schooling. I was shocked when I saw this the first time. I was disappointed the second time, and now I'm seeing it the third time, and it doesn't even phase me anymore. I do not believe that Americans, and I speak about Americans now because it's largely an American problem that I focus on, especially in my books and talks. Americans today are very incapable of resisting the encroachment of dictatorship.
1: I'm just letting
4: it sink in. That's
1: the reason for the silence. Well, I wrote in 2020 two of my columns back-to-back. One was called The Good German and the other The Good American. The ease with which dictatorships can be established is is, is mind-boggling. Uh, I only will say that I think think that at least conservatives, and there are many of us in this country, right? It's almost half the country. A lot of them will fight back if there is another draconian lockdown. I I think a lot of
4: people on our side have had it. What do you think about that? I do agree with that and that's why I think the next three to six months are going to be critical in this country, we're already seeing signs that the radical left is overreaching. The Mar-a-Lago raid is a good example of this in the last month on uh, Donald Trump's estate. And if conservatives who are largely a nonviolent and, and ingratiating group, they don't, they don't provoke conflict. If they feel in this country that they have lost the possibility to use, even imperfect one, but to use, largely speaking, the electoral system to express their opinions and have them become law and to elect representatives that represent their values and beliefs. If they no longer believe that that's even possible come November and December, then I think there will be a bifurcation point where the country will either collapse, people will simply give up on both sides, or they will be, there will be um, potentially a violent revolt. I don't think that we can continue to be standing with one foot on the fence like we have been for the last two or three years and there not be a tipping to one side or another. This is not a sustainable way of keeping a country going right now. That's what I think. You're a psychiatrist,
1: and so I'm sure you deal with people who have family problems because family problems is almost redundant. (laughs) Families have problems. So, again, were you surprised, are you surprised, because it continues, with the ease with which parents have uh, allowed their children to have no
4: education for two years? I was initially, and now I'm not. And I'm not because I think I understand why they're allowing it. There are a lot of factors, and one of my responsibilities as a clinician is to focus on the most important ones, because you can waste time on factor number 17, 18, and 19 if you miss number 1, 2, and 3. Obviously, phone social media is a big, big, big component, people allowing their family to just stay at home and be trained over Zoom. But I think another one, which is perhaps even more important and less spoken about, is the disappearance of men. I think the withdrawal of masculinity in this culture, in this country, has allowed a vacuum to develop into which women who would otherwise be nurturing, caring, and rational have become hysterical. And they have allowed absolutely ridiculous, irrational, and anti-common sense laws, uh, mandates, and impositions into their lives that they otherwise never would have allowed because a man would have been standing next to them to support them in pushing back. You know, Pew Research just published a report, I think a week ago, that stated that 25% of Americans don't have a father in the home, compared to 7% around the world. So that's a 300% increase in the U.S. compared to other countries on average. So we have three times the number of fatherless homes than anywhere else in the world on average. What does that do? And ignore what it does to young men. Think about what it does to adult women. Mm. This is a big problem. I want
1: to come back to that. I want to remind you who are listening and watching, this man makes great sense. His book, Freedom from Fear, just published up at my website.
4: Hey everybody,
1: I am with a wonderful man, thinker, man of courage, Dr. Mark McDonald, a psychiatrist in L.A., freedom from fear 12 step guide to personal and national recovery both of which we need the last subject you were talking about is the retreat of the masculine male in american life and that
4: this may be a major source of our uh, of our fears i believe that what we sustained and suffered over the last three years could not have occurred had there been a strong male presence the vacuum that is created by the withdrawal of men from society is very similar to a termite infestation in a structure. It creates a weakening. It creates an opportunity for damage to occur. And the opportunity that we faced and are still facing today, it's getting worse, it's not getting better, included women who would otherwise have been well-contained emotionally becoming hysterical and jumping into the void and making very, very profoundly bad decisions for themselves and their families. This could not have happened 10 or 20 years ago. And I also believe that this is why today we're seeing the transgender activist ideologues go after children, and why women are agreeing with this and obeying it. I believe it's because men are not standing up. Men have become so intimidated, so scared, so fearful that they refuse to take any risks of offending a woman or a woman-backed group by expressing what is a rational, healthy, oppositional, and assertive sense of containment for the woman's emotionality.
1: As I said to you off the air, my working definition of masculinity
4: is not being intimidated by, by women or by a woman. I think that would be a apt test for... Masculinity, where in its absence it is not possible to express true male nature and courage. A man that cannot stand up to a woman with calm, strength, assertive demeanor cannot express masculinity anywhere in his life. So,
1: when women accepted the fact that their child was not in school for two years, for no good reason, no good reason, she had a zero scientific basis to accept the evil that teachers did to children, and I emphasize teachers, not teachers' unions. Teachers' unions are not composed of aardvarks, they're composed of teachers, 75% of whom are female, 92% in the early grades being female. So uh, the, the husband should have said, are you kidding? Our kid is not going to go to school for
4: two years? A man should have said that. Is that right? Guess who said the opposite? The replacement man. And the replacement man, the replacement father figure, the replacement husband, because the fathers and the husbands are gone now, was the government. When women marry the government, that spells the end. When women, primarily urban, secular, single, white, highly educated women, have now turned towards politicians and media and corporations to supplant their brother, their father, their husband, now we have a group of women who are primed to follow anti-rational anti-common sense, and harmful dictates from those above them. So to modify the
1: feminist line from when I was in college, a woman without a man is like a fish without a bicycle, what she would really now say is a woman without the
4: government is a fish without water. That's exactly right. Take away the government from this scenario and replace it with men, Actual physical men who are strong, who are courageous, we don't have these problems anymore. This is why there's such a divide in this country on this and subject. by the way,
1: you use the magic word for me, secular. If there's no God in heaven, there better be a God on earth. And now we have neither. A father on, excuse me, a father in heaven. Mm-hmm. This man is... Profound. Freedom from Fear is his book, A 12-Step Guide to Personal and National Recovery. Mark McDonald at my website or just go to any, any source, even, even Amazon.
0: The Dennis Prager Show.
1: Hello, everybody. I'm with Dr. Mark McDonald, psychiatrist in practice West Los Angeles. Book, Freedom from Fear. His second book, I had him on the first book. If he writes 10 books, I'll have him on 10 times. The first was The United States of Fear, How America Fell Victim to a Mass Delusional Psychosis. Now it's a 12-step program to personal and national recovery. Freedom from fear. It is up at my website. It's an easy way to get it. Or just go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble or if you actually have a bookstore in your area. Although... My suspicion is the bookstore won't even carry this. It's a very interesting subject, by the way, how non, uh, non-intentionally the demise of bookstores has benefited conservative thought. They, they blocked... Most bookstores were run by liberals that featured overwhelmingly liberal books so it's just it's, it's another story I don't want to get sidetracked this, the, the, the demise of the male is a, uh, is a factor that we have just been talking about now to you, now more directly to your book so you it says 12 step and I'm a big fan of 12 step programs I think they're great guides to personal and national recovery freedom from fear
4: do you describe fear as an addiction? I do in this book. That's fascinating. I, I never an thought of that. important schema. People don't really know what fear is. They don't know how to describe it. They often will revolt against it. They'll say, well, I'm not a fearful person. I, I, I'm not afraid. But there's been such a elimination of stigma in, in a good way in the last 10, 20 years for, say, alcoholism, cocaine addiction, gambling addiction. Addiction is no longer... stigma in the United States. Everybody has been to or knows someone who has been to a 12-step program, and we all know that they work. They're proven to be effective. So I decided, well, if I want to address fear, why don't I address it under the auspice of an addiction? And it's not just a, a convenient turn of phrase. I think it's actually clinically correct. I believe that people became terrorized, traumatized by fear over the last three years, and now it's reached a point where it's become a reflex, like grabbing a shot of whiskey before bedtime. Not because you feel scared, but because that's just what you do. So now, people have become so naturally inclined to think and act from a position of fear, because our social norms have been completely redefined by the fearful rather than the courageous. We, as you used to say, worship now at the altar of safety rather than the altar of the church or God. So when people are addicted to fear, they even stop thinking that they're scared. And they just make bad decisions, just like a drunk does, just like an alcoholic. They are arrested developmentally in being able to progress as humans and attain their potential. That's why I think it's important to call it an addiction and to treat it as it is. Okay, what's the first step? Acknowledge that you are addicted to fear. Hi, my name is Dennis. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, my name is... Alan, I am addicted to fear. Because if you don't admit that you have the addiction, there's nothing else you can do. You can't go to the next step because you have to start from a position of truth and honesty. And I say that in my practice, and it's not just about fear. It's about depression. It's about uh, narcissism. Every problem that comes to my office requires, I require, an agreement between me and the patient that we're going to start with what's truthful and what's honest and what's real, and then we're going to move from there. I can't work with somebody who comes in who's a narcissist and denies that he's a narcissist or has OCD and denies that he has OCD. You're wasting my time. So if you, who are addicted to fear, can acknowledge that you're scared, that you're making decisions and thinking from a position, of vantage point of fear, rather than rationality, rather than courage, now we have a jumping-off point. Now we can go through the step program and we can look at other ways that you can treat the fear, like removing the dealer, which is the media, like attacking your narcissism, thinking that everyone around you thinks that your fear is the most important thing. It's not, you're not the most important person in the room. Neither is your fear. The person that's 20 feet away from you not wearing a mask and you wanna make that person conform to your fear, stop it, you're not that important. So a lot of points I make in these 12 steps that I think follow from the acknowledgement of the addiction, but you have to acknowledge it first. So when a
1: person is addicted, to gambling, alcohol, drugs, there is an adrenaline rush. Uh, in part, certainly in gambling, there is also a an at least immediate calming. What does fear give you that is analogous?
4: The fear itself creates a set point of anxiety which is then lowered when you act out to protect yourself from the imagined harm. So for example, when you're addicted to nicotine, you wake up anxious in the morning. Your baseline is now anxious. The cigarette provides a calming effect to reduce the anxiety down to the level that a normal non-addicted person would have, someone who doesn't smoke. So someone who's walking around buzzing all the time from fear, that's not a helpful state to be in. But they didn't actively choose that. They agreed to it because they thought that was the right way to be. So how do you get rid of that sensation of anxiety? You act on that fear in an irrational way. For example, someone walks by you on the street. It's 100 degrees outside. You are in the fresh air. And you feel anxious because you've been trained to be afraid of people now. So what do you do? You put a mask on your face. That's irrational. It's not helpful. It's harmful, but it does one thing for you. It's your cigarette. It's your cigarette. It calms you down. And I'm using the mask because it's a great symbol. I love it. But but it's true with everything. We should compare masks to cigarettes. They're very similar. They both hand to face. They calm you. They're both unhealthy. They are somewhat antisocial in their effect. They create distance. Now, cigarettes, I suppose you could say if other people are smoking cigarettes, they create pro-social environment, just like people that all wear masks like to congregate together. So it's kind of similar in that sense. But they're both addicts. Both groups are addicted to something unhealthy. Did you have any masked patients? I did until I put a sign on my door saying I will not allow them in anymore. (laughs) I banned masks from my practice and I started with children. And I said, you want to bring your kid to the office and you want your kid to wear a mask? Find another doctor. And I put it in my sub-stack I posted a photograph of the sign. This was about oh. six months ago. Oh my god. And that substack, which is called Dissident MD, it took off. I had ten thousand views. If, All if over this the world. man
1: were a woman, I'd fall in love with him. <laughs>
4: Freedom from fear, Mark McDonald.
1: Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the daily Dennis Prager podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial free, every single day. Become a member of Pragertopia.